0: Welcome back to our number two of the huddle, 1108, July 9th. Great to have you with us this morning. Dave, Pete, Charlie, we're all here, and such a pleasure to be joined by our next guest. Sloan Martin is the voice of the Minnesota Lynx on Valley Sports North Sloan. Uh, I have been a fan of yours for a very, very long time, uh, and it's just, just great to have you join us this morning. Thanks for uh, making some time for us today.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you guys are back, and we can talk about Lynx basketball because boy has it been a roller coaster to get to this point in the season.
0: It's uh, things have changed a lot in the past couple weeks. Uh, all of a sudden, they're on a nice little tear. I think six uh, is it six straight wins coming into straight, their game. Five straight. Yeah. Five straight. Thank you. Coming into their game uh, with Vegas tonight, what has changed for this team in your eyes?
1: Well, it has been uh, a team that we've seen really come together. Just to recap, this is a team that started – 0-6 to start this year, and that was just one loss off. The all-time franchise worst start to a season of 0-7 in 2007. Things were looking desperate, but then it started to turn. You have Nafisa Collier, who is the former WNBA Rookie of the Year. She's a three-time All-Star. This year will be heading off to Vegas next week to compete in the All-Star game, and she has taken her game to a completely different level. She started with Minnesota as a rookie from the first time she stepped on the court. So polished. Is so productive, but she's now been the kind of player who can carry this team and lead them to wins by being aggressive and being the one to take shots when they need it instead of passing things off it's really her team she's the sole captain It's the first time that's happened under Cheryl Reeve and then you have rookies like Diamond Miller the number two overall pick just this last year in 2022 or uh, 2023 who has been so strong brings a new element with her ability to run the floor and score in transition she's so good at that so quick and then Dorky Uhas, the number 16 overall pick looking like a gem in this draft holding her own in the paint defensively just went up against Brittany Griner gonna have to go up against Asia Wilson tonight at Target Center so all these things have come together to make this team look really good plus the schedule has really been in their favor they've been able to win these five games against teams lower than them in the standings but that's what makes tonight so interesting is going up against just a two-loss team in Las Vegas
2: you know, Sloan, it's, it, it is impressive. And I think what I'm impressed with is not only the fact that they've won five in a row and eight of the last ten, but I think it's impressive to see them actually step up with the high-scoring game. They took a couple of games away if they could storm. And then a low-scoring game against the Mercury, they also were able to step it up. And that's not always everybody. Everybody has a different sort of a a makeup, but it's interesting to see that the links. They've done well at both sides of that, and it's, it, it, it shows a lot about what they're doing and, and the fact that they're not just an offensive team, not just a defensive team, but they're able to adjust. and it, 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 I think it looks very impressive so far how they're winning these games.
1: Yeah, Cheryl Reeves says that this, this is a team that now has an identity, and that's not what she was saying earlier on this year. And something that has been so strong, you're right, is that it started out with the way they were able to collect those wins to get back to 500. It really was their offense. The Thesa Collier in one point had, you know, three or no, two. What was it? She's had four 30-point games, and she had three in a four-game span just recently in the last couple of weeks, and how she's been able to turn it up, but... You're right in bringing up that Phoenix game from just two days ago where it was a game where Ree said that they were not crisp, they were not executing how they wanted to, but they were still able to grind out this kind of win when Things weren't perfect. It was a kind of game where they had a 24-point lead. Phoenix whittled it down to eight in the fourth quarter, and that's the kind of game where you could see the early links just collapsing, potentially losing that game altogether because of that kind of comeback attempt. They had a team win a game when they were down by 19 earlier in the year, the Atlanta dream. So a little bit of deja vu could have been again, but they were able to overpower Phoenix. And that's, what's been certainly a big difference with this team too, but you're right. Holding Phoenix to that season low, uh, you know, is a really strong indicator, even though Phoenix is certainly, um, you know, in a tough spot this season.
0: Sloan Martin, voice of the Minnesota Lynx for ballet sports North joining us this morning on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Sloan, I've said this the entire season, and I'll probably shout this from the rooftops forever, that Cheryl Reeve is is arguably one of the best basketball coaches, men's or women's, at the professional level uh, in a really long time. How much of this, once again, is her learning her team, learning strengths and weaknesses, and then retooling the game plan around them? She seems to do this All the time, regardless of the roster, she's only missed the playoffs twice, once in her first year and once last year. I'm constantly amazed at the job she does of managing the talent on her roster and making it work.
1: Yeah, can you believe that last year ended an 11 year span of yeah. making the playoffs and having an above 500 record? And that was only one off of tying the all time WNBA record. And you're exactly right. You know, I was thinking about it when, you know, this team was 0 6, and, you know, the discussion was could this team compete for a potential number one or number two draft spot when it comes to the WNBA draft lottery? And we don't know if, you know, Paige Beckers or Caitlin Clark is going to be coming out this year. They could. Stay another year potentially, but those are the players you 're kind of eyeing if you do have that kind of season and unfolds that way where you are in the lottery, but you also think not only has Cheryl talked about, you know, that's not something that, you know, she's ever going to do or has ever been directed to do, um, you know, by ownership, but also she's just too good of a coach (laughs) to really have the bottom completely fall out for them. So that is certainly a huge reason of why things have turned around, certainly the personnel that she has. And she also put that on them and the coaching staff early on. She said, we need to do a better job uh, when it comes to our rotation, when it really comes to what things are going to look like at different spots in the game, and they've gotten such a strong handle of that right now. A great example of that is a player off the bench, a Serbian player, uh, Nina Milic, who's really strong off the bench for this team, but she wasn't seeing a lot of consistent minutes early on, and Reeve said, you know, Nina really gave us grace as we figured out what this is going to look like, so there was an adjustment for sure with this coaching staff and what this team was going to look like, and, you know, to me it's not arguable when it comes to you know one of the greatest of all time and you just look at you know she just went to third all-time in WNBA history in all-time coaches wins she's the winningest active coach um, you know in the WNBA right now so clearly you know a huge role in making sure that this team was able to climb out of where they were at. You know Sloane,
2: I'm curious, is there something specific that Collier has done to th- this year she's shooting her field goal percentage is just outrageously solid. I mean it's it's closing in on 50%. So it it's it's impressive and it's it's extremely better than it was just last year, the year before that. Is there something she did different in the offseason to get herself into the position that she is now where she's just shooting so well?
1: She says this was the hardest off season she's ever had and the hardest she's ever looked oh, ever worked. Let's backtrack. She gave birth in May 2022. <laughs> Comes back for four games last year. Wanted to be on the court with Sylvia Fowles at least one more time. Clearly was not, you know, close to the kind of athlete that we're used to seeing. And then it was this off season where she just worked and she also grew her game. She said she now loves three pointers. She's shooting them at a higher rate now and consistently. She says now it's just. Another shot to me, not something that has that extra pressure that goes along with it. And that is a huge difference maker. Her ability to penetrate and shoot over players of any size and this fadeaway that she has is So beautiful, the way that she executes it. It has just become her go-to shot to score over anyone, particularly in that mid-post. But this is where I also bring up the rookies again, where they've been able to help transform what this team looks like. And from Fee's perspective, that means for her, a lot of time playing at the three. And the Lynx love when she's at the three because of those mismatches she's able to get because she's going to have the length the size and the post-up ability to go against other small forwards in the WNBA. So she has just been working hard, developing her game, but I think she's also talked about her mindset to be aggressive. Cheryl Lee's really challenged her earlier this season. She said, other teams don't know who our best player is. And that cannot happen when you are the mm-hmm. sole captain, you're the face of the franchise right now, and you're now forced into that veteran role as she was. And she has embraced that and really elevated her game in such a huge way. But it has been not only from the skill set, but also like I need to be the one who is stepping up big in these moments, taking these shots and putting it in.
0: Sloan Martin joining us this morning on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Sloan, I want to ask you really quickly, because uh, we haven't had a chance to talk to you since this really kind of started to play into a, a factor, is the WNBA prioritization rule. Uh, yes. Basically, letting their making sure that their players don't play overseas, or that at least they come back in time uh, for the WNBA season, and how that plays into Namisha, Namisha Collier and her league that she's going to be starting. I, I'm curious... Uh, amongst the Lynx players and management, what how they feel about this prioritization rule because it does cause these players to miss out on a lot of money now that they don't recoup when they come play in the WNBA. How, what is the thought about this rule, and, and will this allow the league that Collier is going to be trying to start up here, will that take off, do you think?
1: you know it's interesting it's it's a somewhat polarizing one you have players like using Kayla McBride of the Minnesota Lynx as an example she has played overseas for all 10 years of her career she has been such a grinder playing in Turkey most recently and that is usually the league that ends up being one of the later ones to come in and there are players who are extremely outspoken against it um, who say that this is eating into my earnings that they try and really stack what they make knowing that basketball careers are only so long they're not going to be doing it forever they have to find every opportunity possible to be able to bring in the income, support their families. And the WNBA, the Players Association made that concession in the last CBA that owners wanted to be able to have their stars in for training camp. And this next coming season is when it fully clamps down. So if you are not there at the start of training camp, we're not going to be seeing those players. That's how strict Mm. it is. It's not just a suspension. It is not just a delay, but it really does get quite strict in making sure those players are back, which is what the owners wanted. You do have some players like Collier, like Brianna Stewart, who announced unrivaled, that three-on-three league you're talking about that's going to be appearing this winter in Miami, who feel like we want to be stateside. We are starting families. Both of those players are mothers our priorities have changed certainly even if they're not playing in Russia for example the entire ordeal with Brittany Griner certainly spooked players too about what could potentially happen um and just kind of um you know things that could happen when they do go overseas so there has been this focus and always trying to make it possible for players to stay near their families for example and she was talking this week and said and they also want to build this culture of the offseason to help build the WNBA in women's basketball as well. I mean, look at Summer League in the NBA. Look at free agency. Look at the mm-hmm. draft. It really becomes this entire year where the NBA is gripped by basketball fans and everyone's tuning in to see what's happening, even outside those 82 games and trying to make that happen in the WNBA in people's own backyards as well. So it'll be interesting to see and everyone, including Cheryl, Reeve, talked about how excited she is. She wants to see it succeed and they do say they're going to have salaries competitive with WNBA salaries but they feel like having three-on-three, one-on-one, other competitions is just going to create that spark, be more exciting, give people things uh, you know to talk about around this league This just going to be a little bit different.
2: Sloan last thing. thank you oh, oh, yeah. yeah go ahead I, Pete. No 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 I, I know we probably are pushed up against no, it so you're it's good. okay but great to have you on Sloan really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. Anytime.
0: Uh, Sloan Martin, the uh, much more successful half uh, of of the household, by the way. Um, How did Matthew like the Taylor Swift concert? Did you bring him, or let's be honest, did he bring you? Because I feel like he's he's a Swifty.
1: No, you know what? Frankly, he's not, so it was me bringing along. But this is also... So it's in June. Both of our birthdays are in June. So, like, when tickets came out, we're like, let's just do it. I mean, to go to, I've never been to a stadium concert before, a US Bank stadium or elsewhere at all. So, just to experience a huh. kind of act like that, yeah. I definitely, on the spectrum of Swifties, you know, if you have, you know, kindergarten to PhD level, I'm maybe like a, a junior in high school, I'm not like <laughs> obsessed, but I'm a fan. You know, we're like the same age, and I've always appreciated her music. He also was really interested in the opening act, Girl in Red, which I think you should also explore. That's a really great act. But it was overall just like the whole experience. I mean, I feel like that is something you look back in, you know, a dozen plus and even longer right. decades to come. You were like, I was there at the era's tour, so no regrets. <laughs>
0: Uh, Sloan, thank you. Great to Thanks, have you. Sloan. I would love to do this again sometime uh, before we're done with the season. I hope you'll join us again. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks.
0: Sloan Martin, voice of the Minnesota Lynx on Bally uh, Sports North. Great, great stuff uh, on everything. Minnesota Lynx, who have the Las Vegas Aces today, going for their sixth straight win. We'll take a quick break and come back here. Listen to The Huddle on 830 WCCO.